0: what up everybody welcome to another episode of the two smart dummies podcast as always it's your boy q and it's your boy big facts baby what's up man nothing much man
1: kind of getting excited about the nba coming back They gave me a little scare with the the
0: Kyrie led coalition <laughs> man if Kyrie's as crazy as they come man um now they out here putting out reports that he he's he's talking about starting his own league all types of shit yeah man what i
1: don't understand about this is Kyrie is actually part of the executive board and that vote was unanimous so what changed his mind to you know try to gather everyone up to be against it because he could have voted and he could have made a protest vote then i mean if you're gonna do this It looks better if you, I mean, it was going to pass because he doesn't have enough power to sway enough of the stars. But for him to vote for it unanimously and then come back a week or two later and be like, nah. And it's not even, it doesn't even sound like it's really about health concerns. Like, that was what was mentioned at first. But now it's kind of using like, hey, no, we need to be supporting the movement with the racism and stuff like
0: that. But I I just, I don't get it. I mean, I, I just really don't get it. And are you going to be the person to get behind a team led by Kyrie Irving, Dwight Howard, and Avery Bradley? And that's kind of the problem. Rooting. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Like, <laughs> I don't want to think like these the niggas messenger...
1: Yeah, the messenger is definitely the problem in this whole situation. You got Kyrie Irving, who we know is kind of off-the-wall thinking. You got Dwight Howard, which Dwight Howard's Dwight Howard. And then, I mean... <laughs> Avery Bradley's a man, but who gives a fuck what Avery Bradley thinks? You know right. what I mean? Like, you're going against a conglomerate of LeBron James, Chris Paul, you know, the stars of the league. That's Niggas with really legacies on work. the line. Yeah. And, and not only on the court, but off the court. I mean, they actually right. have legacies on and off the court in the same type of social issues you're talking about, you know, trying to help the community, trying to help players they got this CBA deal for the players so going against I I just don't believe that LeBron is going to lead the league in the wrong direction if he doesn't think it's in the best interest of the players
0: Right, and on top of that you know, you talk about you know, oh it's a distraction it's like, is it a distraction? You're talking about a league that is gotta be over 75 percent black that the entire country's eyes are on like you know what i mean whether whether or not you're gonna watch basketball or you are a basketball fan or you whatever you're gonna watch like someone's gonna watch something's gonna make the news and you're gonna discuss it put it that way so the eyes of the world are gonna be on or of the country are gonna be on these players
1: and that's kind of the thing um if you want to bring more attention to it what a better platform yeah, like what better platform then to bring Now I can understand that this was the NFL Who had a history of You know, not supporting these type of issues But the NBA has been pretty good about Supporting these type of issues um, And being proactive on these issues And speaking up and letting their players Have free speech Like, so I don't under If it was about health and safety And that's what I felt like it was about That would be different But it changed. It doesn't sound like they have any real direction from what they're talking about because it started off about being about health. Then it was like, no, we don't need to play. Like Dwight Howard came out and said, we don't need to play basketball until all this is resolved. Well, this shit ain't been resolved in 400 years. It's not going to get resolved this year and probably in the next 10. You know what I mean? So just sitting out, that's not going to make it be resolved. Like I don't understand. Like they had some demands. It pretty much said – um, they want improved hiring practices for blacks in the front office and head coaching candidates Donations to organizations helping the black community and a partnership with black-owned businesses and vendors now i'm with i'm with the black-owned businesses and arena vendors, but I mean maybe i'm maybe i'm out of the loop, but I didn't think it was a real problem with Blacks getting jobs in the front office and head coaching positions in the NBA. Like, I don't see that. None. Like, of course, you can always have more. You can have more opportunities. But I don't feel like they're being discriminated
0: against. They give people chances. 100%. And matter of fact, we've seen franchise after franchise be run into the ground by former black athletes. Go look at the Washington Wizards. Ernie Grunfeld, Billy King in the nets. I mean, we got track records of why players. Shit, Isaiah Thomas
1: don't. had damn near a free pass to do whatever Twice. the fuck. The only reason he got out is because of some sexual harassment shit. Yeah. It wasn't even because of his uh, yeah.
0: to, I mean, like I, we we have plenty of evidence that says players probably should not be running teams. Working in the front office is one thing. I got no problem with that, but being GMs, we've got a, a with the exception of the Jerry West, you know, Danny Ainge has gotten lucky as fuck by the way, that he that you know the heat didn't take that offer for Justice Winslow. Uh yeah, so you know yeah. what I mean? So some shit worked out in his favor. But you know, we got exceptions, but overwhelmingly they have not been great GMs. But that's neither here nor there. I'm with everything that they have said. But if you really care and you don't agree that this is a great platform for the cause, I mean the ultimate thing, shit, you can always do what Maya Moore did if you really about it, which I don't think Kyrie Irving and Dwight Howard are. She gave up her career to go get this dude out of jail and fight social justice and, or excuse me, and, and protest and, and works for social justice. And I want to, you know, if you're serious, Kyrie, Dwight, I mean, that's always an option because everybody else got to make this bread for their livelihood for to build generational wealth. It's one thing when you're listening to, like, young bucks, but when you're talking about all these cats, Kyrie's got millions banked up. He got He got yeah. his money. Avery Bradley got his money. Dwight got his money. You know what I mean? Like, why are we listening? But I, to you? I don't.
1: I don't even feel like Kyrie would be saying this if Kevin Durant was healthy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not. Was Kyrie even gonna play in this? Is this shoulder healed? You know, for him to be calling for the Nets to sit out and protest, I don't know. I don't know that Kyrie would be doing this if Kevin Durant is healthy and they're not the eighth seed and trying to fight for a spot. And probably aren't going to be there that long. Is Kyrie still taking his stance and leading his movement if the Nets actually have a shot to win a title? If he feels, because that's why that team was put together to win titles. Yeah, Kevin Durant's not coming back. You may or may not come back because of your shoulder, and now you're telling everybody on the team, "Hey, nah, don't go, don't go play, forfeit
0: your salary." A team, you know, for- <laughs> a team full of young guys that have not had that second contract. In some ca- matter of fact, in yeah. most cases, you know what I mean. Again, cats that, like I said, they don't, they ain't got Kyrie's money. They, they legitimately could. You sit out of season. You talking about? I mean, you not you being broke? Yeah. Well, it's, it's
1: important to point out though the financial implications if the nba players do sit because it's more than just you know they if they sit out the players will lose 500 million dollars in salary and that's just regular season money that's not counting missing the playoffs if they miss the playoffs then you're talking about probably closer to one billion dollars in salaries lost um they had a breakdown saying lebron makes 34.7 million because of the escrow, players have to put 10% of their salaries in escrow right now to try to manage out and balance out that, 51, that 50% BRI that they have with the league as far as the CBA. Well, LeBron is looking to lose about $13 million. Now, this is LeBron who's making $34 million. So, yeah, LeBron's going to be able to eat. But what about the guys that don't make it most? The average salary in NBA is like $9.4 million. And you're taking 10 of the salaries they're not going to get that money back that was put in escrow because they don't want to be too much over they have to balance out um basketball related uh what is it basketball related uh it's bri what's the i for basketball related uh in investments or whatever so anything that comes from basketball yeah they they split it 50 50 with the players Well, the players have to up uphold their end of the bargain income sorry not, not investors income uh, basketball related income so the players have to uphold their yep. end of the bargain because they're getting paid their salaries before all of the income has come in so the the money that's put in escrow is put to offset that's why earlier the players were talking about giving up 25 percent of their salaries this year or 20 putting 25 percent in escrow this year so that it balances out so they're not paying for this multiple years down the line well the problem with that is that if if they do the, the owners can actually reopen the CBA because uh, there's some type of clause yep. in there when they hit a certain amount of losses that the owners can reopen the CBA, which if you remember, there was a lockout. A yeah. There was a lockout in the CBA the, for the last CBA, which the players got a good deal because they were traveling, doing their own thing. Do you really want them to reopen the CBA? Because with the economics, they're probably gonna get a worse deal than they had before. So the players union is probably looking out for the long term health of the league and these younger players by trying to get them back on the basketball court this year in some form or fashion. And what is his dude's name? Fauci? Doctor Fauci. Um, you know I'm names right. Uh Doctor, yeah, the, uh, Dr. Fauci, yep yeah he came out and he said that he thinks that it could be successful because of the the safety precautions that they're taking because not only are they in a hotel um, they can only bring 35 people per team 17 players um, only essential staff like strength and conditioning coaches stuff like that uh, i think each player can bring like a bodyguard or a masseuse one per player they're not allowed to leave if you leave then you automatically have to sit out 10 to 14 days just from leaving the complex and coming back. And you're not paid for that time. So it sounds like they're taking a lot of safety precautions. Each team has like their own chef. Which does individual team menus and stuff. So it sounds like they're trying to make it as safe as they can make it.
0: You know what I mean? But I mean I just yeah, I the, just don't see. The hard how- part is. The, the hard part is monitoring everyone else. Like what about the people that are coming and going that, you know, the employees that have access and that's, that's the part that's tough. It, and, and I guess you can regulate that by, well, anyone that comes in contact with these players have to have, I think they'll have gloves. stricter
1: guidelines in the players and they should. Yeah. But I, well, they said that they said that you're um, anybody like those people have to be in mask at like all yep. times and six feet. This, all those basic rules apply but I would think if players have to sit out ten to fourteen days for leaving, I would. I mean, I'm guessing that if you're not a player, you're any t- type of other person. You leave, you probably can't come back. Yeah, you know what I mean. I don't think they're gonna allow a random person be able to leave and come back as a pope. But the player has to sit out ten to fourteen days if they're just not essential. So I mean, I don't. I don't know, man. It's a. It's a tough thing. It's not as easy or as simple as Kyrie and the coalition is making it seem. I think that I like I said. Based on LeBron's track record, like like Patrick Beverly said, man, if LeBron hooping, we hooping. You know what I mean? He's the leader. He hadn't really led them in the wrong direction. It seems like he has the best interest um, of the players in mind. I I just don't see what leg they had to stand on. You know what I mean? Can we
0: just call them Kyrie and the Coalition forever? (laughs) Like Prince and the Revolution. (laughs)
1: Kyrie and the Coalition. Why are they following right. Kyrie? We got bro? questions.
0: Kyrie <laughs> and Dwight are your leaders, bro. Like
1: they, these. You should take a look. I would like to see everybody because you just hear like a scattering of names. But I mean, they said it. You I mean he said it. nobody's forcing them to play. They said it, you know, if you don't want to you don't want to play, you have until you got eight days now, you have until June 24th to let them know you have to declare that you're not going to play i mean i've heard names like uh donovan mitchell said they said he said something he came out and kind of disputed it now it is interesting that i heard that um like five players that that are ending their rookie contract are looking to get insurance so like jason tatum bam donovan mitchell um, who was the other one Dearian fox and kyle kuzma i didn't see ben simmons I didn't see Ben Simmons. They said the five players that were at the end of their rookie oh, contracts yeah, yeah. Okay. were looking to get insurance because you know you had a three month layoff. You're coming back to play. It's kind of a quick turnaround, so you want to insure yourself before it's time for your rookie contract. So they're looking to see if they can get some type of insurance to secure their money. So which is a which is a good thing because it is this this isn't the best situation. You know what I mean? I'm not saying that, so I can understand right. that could be concerned. There will be but, injuries. Yeah. But, uh, moving on, man. So, basically, they came out with a format. They're they're starting to trickle out some of the the aspects of what's going to go on here. Um, Like I said, players have until June 24th to let people know if they're going to commit to coming or not. If they don't, then their salary for the season will be forfeited, and teams will be allowed to pick up players. Um, They've expanded the playoff roster from 15 to 17, so you can have two extra roster spots. Which I think is good. Um, they're they're doing hotels. They're setting hotels by seating, um, as well as like travel party. All I know is like the whoever you're staying with in the hotel, those that's the teams that you will scrimmage three times as like your basically your preseason games. So the first set will be the Bucks, Lakers, Raptors, Celtics, Nuggets, Jazz, Heat, and Clippers. I guess the teams at the NBA feel like have a legitimate shot of sticking around for a while. Um, The second tier is Thunder, Sixers, Rockets, Pacers, Mavs, Nets, Grizz, and Magic. And then the third tier are the play-in teams, Blazers, Kings, Pelicans, Spurs, Suns, and Wiz. They'll be grouped together in threes. They'll play three scrimmage games between July 22nd and July 29th to get ready before they start the actual season.
0: Yeah, so looks like I mean I don't think there's a scenario where these guys aren't playing, short of you know they're being like a massive breakout. Uh, but even then, I, yeah, I think we get some basketball, man. I think I think yeah. you know I, I'm excited. I know it's going. We we're probably going to get the uh, the scrimmages uh, televised. Oh, you getting something I, on I just, TV? You yeah. might. It might be like oh, the
1: uh, might be like the Olympics where they just show the practices. You know what I mean?
0: Mhm. But man, I, I there's not much to say. I don't care what they do in Orlando, how they get on the court. As long as they 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 do right by the players and and the players can can get it done, I'm with it. Yeah, I'm with it, man. Too. I want to see sports. I just, I mean, when I first heard
1: about it and I first heard about the disagreement, I thought that you know this could legitimately be this could legitimately like postpone this thing or mess it up. But then I started hearing the players involved. And like some of the things. Like, wait and a minute, I'll, wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah, I was like, nah, y'all gonna have basketball. Ain't nobody going against LeBron. And then, you know, LeBron said it best. That's why I said I don't understand their platform, cause LeBron was like, listen, like we can hoop and still, <laughs> you know, you know, stand what's up LeBron? for what's right. We can still like it's not the first time, you know, that's happened. Now I understand them saying like force them to actually donate. Maybe they feel like they actually have leverage because I don't know how much the NBA has actually donated to these causes or done any of that. You know what I mean? So maybe they haven't been and they're trying to use their leverage
0: for that. I just I just don't get it. Again, the sources. I'm with you. LeBron, LeBron is not going to lead the play. I mean, everything in his career has done great by the players and has furthered uh, basketball and has furthered the power into the next generation. Like, LeBron's a smart dude right I mean we can all agree that LeBron's I mean he's done right by Everybody pretty much and he, it's not Like it's gonna change do you feel Like the the NBA
1: players Union they're forcing These lower tier players to play like putting Pressure on them
0: and forcing them to play No I, I, I Bet if you if you pulled it They the players want to play um, You know from a financial Aspect you know they stand to lose all of the power and the leverage that they have right now if if you lose a season this could set the nba back for years um and 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 that may not think some may seem like hyperbole but yeah i think some of the concerns were also
1: about them leaving their families because i don't think their families can come until like august when was it like august 30th so it's going to be a full month before they can bring in their families
0: and that sucks but you, you got millions, you got a billion dollars on the line. Everybody can manage, okay? My, my wife is about to pop any day, but if if there were millions on the line, she'd say, baby, go ahead, go. Go ahead, go.
1: <laughs> now, now this is the, the one interesting aspect of it that I did think about. Um, because it's unique, and it's some shit that the NBA has kind of let LeBron get away with. Is that the fact that he's kind of an agent on the court. You know what I'm saying So although he is looking out Hopefully he's looking out for the best interest of the players This is also kind of look out for the best interest of the people that he represents Because he represents a lot of players and it's growing And if the upcoming years this cap goes down Do you have any concerns about, you know, conflict of interest with LeBron?
0: I mean, it's. I mean, we. It is what it is already, right? It, it's already a conflict of interest from a purely business <laughs> standpoint. But you're talking about the greatest player of a generation. Um, what can you do? What are you, you going to say? It's, it's the same thing. It's like, Mike, you really shouldn't be out here gambling. We think you got a problem. But yeah, you know, <laughs> just just try to keep it down, control it, you know. Hey, yeah,
1: don't don't throw it in our face. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like when I heard that Ben Simmons, you know, this could affect Ben Simmons' contract. That's the first thing I thought about was LeBron represents Ben Simmons, don't he? <laughs> mm-hmm. He messing up his max money. You know what I mean?
0: Yep. So, but like I said, the NBA knows what it is. But like I said, they're going. Are they going to be like, ah, we're going to have to suspend you? No. It just is what it is.
1: How many people? How many uh, people do you think um, don't like sit?
0: do you think there's any
1: yeah do you think there's any major players that will not commit to coming back
0: I don't I don't I I think they all I mean again all the important players all the major players were on the call and were in the vote so you know they all were consulted unless somebody out of left field I mean I just don't see it who's going to be the one what about role players? You think there's going to be a large amount of role players that don't show up? I mean, you depending on the how big of a role you got, this is that's a good way to be out of a job. I mean, because n- not only from from a, a, an owner standpoint, but from like the rest of the players are gonna be like, yo, you didn't want to ride with us when we was trying to win a title. Uh, now nah, we don't want you in the locker room.
1: I think this is going to be a league wide because, like I said, that's the problem. If you truly don't want to go play you're not only standing up to the league but you're standing up to the stars of the league this is definitely a have and have nots league so not only are you standing up to the owners but you're going to be standing up to the lebrons and the people that really earn learn i mean really run the league the power elite that can make a difference that if you make a roster because don't get it twisted if lebron doesn't want somebody on the team they're not going to be on the team. When, when Kobe said Smush Parker was gone, Smush Parker was gone. Like, you can be put out the league by one of these star players because a lot of these role players, yeah, they have a role. But there's a lot of players in the D League that could fill that role. You know what I mean? We see I mean, it when these people get capped.
0: It doesn't even have to be, like, like if Dwight Howard and Avery Bradley got a problem. Dwight Howard and Avery Bradley got a problem. That's it. Like, this that, shit is, that's just this shit that is really career.
1: dangerous for Dwight Howard. He's really taking a stand because he was on his last leg before he even got signed with the Lakers. There was right. a lot of teams that didn't want to touch him to begin with because of locker room issues. And if he fucked LeBron, I mean, this is literally, I believe, his last chance.
0: Kyrie will get written off as crazy, but he got the talent. You know, he's yeah. thirty, whatever. You know what I mean? But Dwight is thirty-four. People are tired of him. He's been on eight teams in six years. Avery Bradley uh, injury history. Avery Bradley, same boat. Like you know, he's thirty-four years old, bro. Who cares?
1: Yeah, because you're gonna start. Because that's what I'm saying. You're gonna start costing other players money. And if it comes down to a fact where you're you're costing, because like I said, most of the league, they're not making. You know, the money that like LeBron's making. And to us it sounds like crazy that a dude is making because I said nine million, but there's a lot of players that's making like five million and less. You know what I mean? Right. A good percentage of the league that's making five million and less. About fifteen to twenty percent of their salary is in escrow. They put it in there, try to save it, probably won't get it back. You know what I mean? So there's
0: And not to mention, not only are you fucking with that money. You fucking with this G League money, which they trying to really turn to something. Like, you, you fucking with a lot of money. We ain't talking about just this season. We talking about billions of dollars over the next few seasons. But
1: when I said the player's going to get blackballed, you said, nah.
0: <laughs> I mean, but that's because I didn't think no niggas was going to try it. You know what I mean? <laughs> and here you go with Kyrie Nobody be dumbass. actually
1: crazy enough to actually attempt it.
0: Yeah. Man, and here, here come dumbass Kyrie coming along and, and you know, starting up shit. Yeah, because it's never going to – I don't
1: care how many people was on that call. It could be 90 people on that call. There's no way you're getting 90 people to not come back. They're just not that bold. It ain't no way you're getting 20 people not come back. you have 10, maximum 15, and that's, being, that's just me thinking the craziest thing that could happen. But you're not right. going to have 30 to 40 people to be like, nah, I'm good. Because there's too many people that – there's too many of these teams that actually have a shot or believe that they have a shot in winning. You know what I mean? You have sixteen teams that were in the playoffs. So the only players, the only teams that i can even look at that they would even think about it would be lower C teams. Nobody on the Clippers or the Bucks, you know what I'm saying, that actually has a shot at winning the title and getting paid. Right. Like, those dudes are talking about not no. playing. I mean,
0: that this is their life, you know what I mean? Now I will say this. The NBA is in a different spot because it's a very player-friendly league. If you are the NFL and those players, oh, that's is now diff- not the time to take notes. That's that's a total that's a totally different conversation. No, it is. is yeah, right, it is. But isn't now the time to take notes because the NBA is star-driven? The NFL has proven that like they they actually do need these players, like these star players, because you know. But the, but the thing that's shitty for them is they just signed that new agreement. But if that pandemic for ten hit, years if that pandemic had hit a month sooner the N- the yeah. nfl players would be in a way different position
1: they still the fuck. The they would have
0: got fucked probably but they would be like yo i they would be like yeah we just ain't gonna pay and if you I look mean, at that cat down in houston who yeah. owns he's in casinos and restaurants and football like he's in shit that ain't making money right now just like a bunch of these other owners uh you'd be hurting they pockets
1: yeah, yeah, true. They would be anxious to get something back on the field, so they would be in need of money just like players are usually in need of money. But, yeah. but yeah, man, I'm with you, man. We're definitely going to get basketball. We're definitely going to get the NBA. I'm excited for it. Um, I can't wait to get some sports. I do hope that these players use their platform um, to bring attention uh, to to the injustice that we've seen. Um, I don't think this is a time to be quiet. I don't think this is a time to fall back. I think this is a time when you're gonna have because I mean the NBA coming on TV when nothing's on and it's literally gonna be all day. I mean they're not gonna sanction you. The NBA has never really sanctioned people from saying what they want to say, making whatever statement they want to make. I don't know. I mean, I'll trust some shit with Dave, Not, not never.
0: shit with David Stern. Yeah, my yeah, fault. You I said never. With David Stern. I,
1: I'm wrong. They have sanctioned people in the past. Not recently. Not recently. Because they did. Yeah. Chris. I can't never remember his, his name that he switched to. What's the uh, pronounced Chris Jackson name?
0: What's Chris Jackson's name? Uh, um, Abdul Raouf. Mamou Abdul Raouf.
1: Yeah. So he got blackballed from the league. But that was Stern. Stern was <laughs> wild. <laughs> All right, man, you trying to get into this debate, man?
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Set it up. Yeah, let's do it. So, can you and I both agree that Tim Duncan and Kobe Bryant are the superstars of the generation, of of the 2000s? Or Shaq. Like, There's a three-way tie. Hold on. Before you say that, I just got to update.
1: Apparently, the league will have an anonymous line to report violations of coronavirus safety protocols.
0: Jesus, <laughs> I get. Go it. Ahead. <laughs> um, I, I so I think you and I can both agree that that Kobe Bryant and Tim Duncan are two of the best superstars of the past generation, right from the from the basically of the two thousands. Can we both agree to that? No doubt. So. If I were to ask you, which player would you rather start your team with, if they were both rookies, who would you start in your team with? Kobe Bryant, no question. See, no I got to go Tim Duncan. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't agree. Oh. I, I'll, I'll. I, so I this feel is, like if – go ahead. No, go ahead.
1: I was going to say, so, so this, is the thing, this is the thing with Duncan with me is – I love Duncan, I think he's a beast think, I, do, I do think he's an underrated player But the thing about Duncan with me is Duncan is the ultimate team player Where you're right, he could change your culture But you it also requires you to have players around him And I know you have to have players around Kobe too But Kobe can erase so much more in
0: my opinion than Tim
1: Duncan you know what I mean? His greatness can erase I, a lot
0: of holes, in my opinion. I wholly disagree. Wholly disagree. You do realize that Tim Duncan, for his entire career, won between fifty and sixty games per season, with no like borderline future Hall of Famers at best.
1: But during the two thousand.
0: But he had those same
1: players for the majority of his career he had the most consistency of almost any player ever in the nba he had popovich the whole time he was there right he had uh he didn't he didn't have more consist- no he did but i'm just telling you i'm shaking my system. head because you're wrong he had uh, he had the same it system. wasn't the same system, they, well, system the first
0: transformed that system i don't know at least three different times tim duncan's prime was back to the basket big man ball he was. He played in that Michael Jordan era where they had the hand checking. Once Duncan and they, was, they went to the small. Huh? Duncan was never just back to the basket.
1: He was the one that the little fifteen to twelve foot mid range jumper that was Correct. always Duncan's game. But it
0: was back to the basket when you had Shaq, Hakeem, when you had Dave Robinson, when he was playing against all those guys. And yeah, it wasn't I mean, until the two thousands.
1: But you're talking about styles of the NBA, which I agree with. I'm talking about styles that he played in. That system was theoretically the same. It didn't go to a drastic overhaul to the end of his career, but that system that he played in through the bulk of his prime, that system was the same. The Spurs system. I'm not talking about the NBA in general, but the system that Greg Popovich ran, it didn't change until 2010. You know what I mean? And That's when he started to decline and had to do less. But he played in the same system with basically the same teammates. They plugged in a different small forward every two to three years. But he had the most consistency
0: of maybe any player, maybe not named Jordan. (laughs) But again, so if we talk about the top five, top 10, every single player other than Tim Duncan and up until recently, Larry Bird played with players that were in the top 50 of all time. Every single one of them. Kobe had Shaq. Matter of fact, I wrote it down for you. Obviously, Jordan had Pippen and Robin. Kobe had Shaq, pal Lamar Odom, and Andrew Bynum. Not Hall of Famers of the last two, but well, Bynum was a very good big man. Um, and then you've got MJ with Pippen and Robin, Kareem with Magic, uh, Oscar and James Worthy, and then Larry Bird with Kevin McHale and Robert Parish. Um, Tim Duncan had Manu Ginobili and Tony Parker for their whole. Bro, don't say standing. that like they're
1: trash though, because people forget how good Tony Parker was. Tony Parker was really, really good. Tony Parker was, was Tony one Parker of the ever best considered?
0: Dark... Tony Parker was was never considered top five at his position. No, he never was top five at his position. But
1: still, he was a. So this is this is my thing though. Like,
0: he's a good player, not a great player.
1: Same thing he's with a Manu. A Fame player. Tony Parker and Mono Ginobili are both Borderline Hall, of fame, hall of, fame players. of fame players. No, they're Very Hall of Fame. weak arguments. No, no. They're Hall of Fame players. You forget. Borderline. But you shit on international players because you think it should just be NBA, I don't at all. American. Luka
0: Doncic is one of my favorite players. What do you mean I, I shit on no, international players? No, then when players. I say that, you gotta, you gotta, you can't.
1: Do you remember how Ginobili it on the USA? Like, don't act like Ginobili's sure something did. to sneeze at. Ginobili it on the I, USA I, a couple times. I think Ginobili,
0: <laughs> just I think Ginobili has a case for the Hall of Fame Tony Parker doesn't really. Other than the fact that he got that NBA Finals MVP, Tony Parker doesn't really have a case for the whole Boy, thing. You're, you're sleeping on how good Tony Parker was. Tony Parker once led the league
1: in paint scoring at like six foot one. <laughs> I mean, He was the best so? inside the paint, most efficient scorer. He played with the same players and they were an unselfish team. But Kobe is a like... Kobe is a
0: generational superstar. <laughs> like, Pau you know Gasol it's, is better than any player Tim Duncan played with. Who? Pau Gasol is.
1: Shit, no. No. No, Pau Gasol is not better than. No. I, I still take Tony Who's Parker not and Ginobili over Pau Gasol.
0: You're crazy as fuck. You are crazy as fuck. Kobe, Absolutely Kobe crazy. Kobe as made
1: Pau Gasol it. look good. Like, Pau Gasol, he was a very, very skilled player, but nah.
0: He no. took the Memphis Grizzlies to the finals. Or, I mean, to the playoffs four years in a row, and won Rookie of the Year.
1: See, that's that Memphis bias. You know what I'm saying? Y'all also Stromile Swift looked good in that system. <laughs> Stromile no, Swift he was a top player no, when he played he beside didn't. Gasol with Hubie Brown. No, he was not. Again, <laughs> Strowman Gasol Strow was better than Swift looked any looked like he player. Was KG. He looked like he was KG. with Hubie Brown.
0: Pau Gasol is better than any player. And, and of course, I'm not including uh, Kawhi. I'm talking about in Tim David Thomas, Robinson, Kawhi and Tim D- and uh, Dave Robinson. Dave Robinson was then he, was ain't, then he ain't better eight, than any player then. Dave Robinson averaged eight points and eight rebounds,
1: two thousand three. No, was it? all.
0: What did he average in '99? I don't know. It wasn't nowhere near his '97. His Dave Robinson was done after '98, '99. Done. I mean, he may have been. I'm still taking Kobe. I'm not saying, like, I'm not going to shit on Tim Duncan because Tim Duncan earned my respect. I used to. So let me let me lay out Tim Duncan's resume.
1: Okay.
0: Okay. Now, we're talking about basketball as a whole. Now, let's keep in mind that Tim Duncan played in college for four years. And in that four years, he won Defensive Player of the Year three times. He won uh, ACC Player of the Year twice. 1997 Player of the Year, and by the time he left college basketball, was the all-time college basketball leading rebounder. All-time. Now let's Kobe didn't need college the, though. But go ahead. What's that? Say Kobe didn't need college. But go ahead. Right. Okay. <laughs> so you say. Now. That's, our, go, that's already one to zero. <laughs> let's let's go to uh, his NBA career. So you've got 15-time All-Star five time nba champ 15 time all nba which is uh and 15 time all defense which is the most all time two mvps which is more Ty. than both kobe what's that go ahead two mvps which is more more than kobe and shaq three finals mvps which is second only to michael jordan okay all time in points he's 14th rebounds he's sixth and blocks he's fifth but in playoff all-time, points, he's six, rebounds, he's third, and blocks, he's first. Uh, won the Rookie of the Year in 1997-98. Um, I mean, I, the resume is just flat-out incredible. And I, I want to introduce something that we don't normally do. I've actually gotten into a little bit of the basic advanced stats for Tim Duncan, which basically measures your... Per 36 minutes, and your per 100 possessions. So this directly tells us what you're responsible for, the points you're responsible for, and what you did when you were on the floor. Right? All minutes are not created equal, and all games are not created equal. So Tim Duncan, for his career, for his career, per 36 minutes. Um, I've, I've misplaced my. I've misplaced all my notes somewhere. But Tim <laughs> Duncan, for his career is like 30, 17, and 3 blocks per 100 possessions. That is wild. It's cool. Just let
1: me know when you ready for me to get into the the Black Mamba's accomplishments, because he's shitting on that.
0: So, as I said, Tim Duncan never was on a team that, that won less than 50 games. Um, made the All-NBA at 36, which is the oldest ever. Last eight years, even though he never averaged over 20 points a game, Spurs built a completely different system around him and he was legitimately three shots away from having eight titles and ending this discussion in general and I I know we say that about Kawhi but Tim Duncan is literally a ball bounce away a missed shot away from having eight titles seven for sure and eight the Derek Fisher shot I still think they probably would have got that title if they beat the Lakers um but we since we can't say for sure I'll just go ahead and put an asterisk next to that eight. But Tim Duncan could very easily have, have seven rings. Oh
1: obviously not very easily because he ain't got that shit. <laughs> so when you talking about accomplishments, Kobe already a hall of fame, but some of that's I mean that's due to the tragedy. I think he got uh exported um expedited in, right? He he, he would have had to wait another year. No, nah, right? he
0: they they were all up for same year. Sixteen? Uh,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: Anyway, eight-time All-Star, five-time NBA champ, twelve-time All-Defensive Player. Did you say you know eight-time I mean? All-Star? No,
0: eighteen-time All-Star. Okay. Eighteen.
1: <laughs> All-Star time- game is
0: meaningless after a while because he did He shouldn't have made the damn All-Star game his last two three years, and we know this.
1: But it's about four of them he missed because of injury. You know what I'm saying? Everything you got to account for it all.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Which ones?
1: Huh? Uh, four, it's 2010, 2008 I, I don't got the list But there's four all-star games he missed because of injuries So then you got He was uh, still voted in Four-time Hey, listen Four-time all-star MVP 2007-2008 2000, two, MVP Which Tim Duncan does have more MVPs But only because He was cheated in 05 and 06 if he, I mean
0: 0506 season, Kobe Bryant should have got the MVP award. One could argue that Chris Paul should have got the one in 08. There are no arguments who should have got one over Tim Duncan.
1: Well, he should have got it in 0-5-0-6 No questions asked, he should have got it in 0-5-0-6 He should have, he, he had still one of the only best have
0: one MVP.
1: Nah he, he should have got it in 0708 also. No, 2 times scoring champ, Paul. 06 and 07. 15 times all NBA. That's tied with Tim Duncan and Kareem, but he has the most first-team All-NBAs with 11, nine first-team All-Defensive players. He has 34 Player of the Month awards. That's almost three years' worth of Player of the Month awards. He averaged 25, um, 5, 4.7 assists on 19.5 attempts, but if you take out his first two seasons, where you know he wasn't, he was still learning the game because he didn't go to college. He actually averaged twenty-seven point eight points per game, five point seven rebounds, two point and five point two assists, and forty-five point five field goal percentage. You want to go into per your stats for per one hundred? I have that too. Per one hundred, his advanced stats was. dang, I just lost it. Thirty-five point eight points per game. 5.9 rebounds, no, 7.5 rebounds, 6.7 assists, and uh, 2.8 steals and blocks combined. So, I mean, you act like Kobe, like Kobe, and that's not even getting into some of the records. He's third all-time in scoring, you know what I'm saying? He has, like, the most 50-point games of anybody except for Wilt Chamberlain. He has, like, uh how many 40-point games do you think Kobe got? Uh, I think, like, 60-something. 127. <laughs> 127. I'm not listen
0: again. Oh, my fault. Um he has hundred and thirty-five. I think I think Kobe is the player of the generation. I think from a strictly basketball perspective, is Tim Duncan. He's again. the most
1: lethal scorer, most dangerous player in the NBA statistically. Uh well, hold on. You take out Will Chamberlain. However, you feel about Will Chamberlain, but take that out, he's probably one of the most—he's the most deadliest
0: scorer in the NBA. Uh, advanced advanced metrics don't say all that, but uh, it doesn't um, say no, that he's not. <laughs> it does. He's—he's he's actually one of the least efficient players for his tier. Like he—he's not—he's not in the conversation of Michael, LeBron, Will, Kareem, most big men for efficiency. So this is
1: this is the thing that I say about that. Whenever you're when you're ever you add that out, now when you say Michael and LeBron, you got an argument. But you also have to account for and this is one of the reasons why I knocked Tim Duncan because Kobe Bryant has a higher usage rate. Like for four of the years during his prime, he had one of the highest usage rates in the NBA. Like Tim Duncan, as great as he was, he had a coach that realized before anybody else about resting your players. Keeping them fresh, not overusing them to allow Tim Duncan's career to stretch out as long as it was. He wasn't getting beat up like most of these big big men, big men like Kevin Garnett, Dirk Nowinski, Shaq, all those big men of that era. By the time they got up in age, they were barely able to walk because of their usage rate. Now Kobe Bryant, if you look at his if you look at his usage rate. And his efficiency His usage rate was crazy And he was still efficient for a guard Who theoretically guards Shoot tougher shots than big men Because most big men's shots Are like within 12 feet 12 to 15 feet of the basket So for him to have true shooting percentages Of 52 and 54% While Tim Duncan has true shooting percentages Of around 52, 54% Shooting closer shots than Kobe Kobe's shooting over double coverage Kobe shooting with hands in his face And Kobe shooting 20 feet from the basket I mean Kobe was a lethal 3 point shooter also For his true shooting percentages To be over 50% That's pretty incredible for a guard
0: I hope he's like a career 32% three point shooter, something silly like that. So nah, he is.
1: He is it's 33. percent yeah. But so. that was but that wasn't bad until like now when all everybody's over 40. <laughs> you know let that? me
0: ask you something though. Knowing what we know, right? Mm-hmm. About this, if Tim Duncan hadn't gone to college, what do you think his numbers would be?
1: I think it would have been probably about the same. I think we'd have had a two year transition. Just to get bigger and stronger? I don't know about that. I mean, maybe. That's that's possible
0: because the college I mean, body it's, is...
1: It's a different league. It's easier to come in as a guard in transition, even though it's harder for Kobe. But as a big man, it's a pretty physical game coming into the league, man. I think being in college for four years would agree. help him develop his body, especially coming from the Virgin
0: Islands. <laughs> I But I just think that the way Tim Duncan, like, again... The Spurs were legitimately a contender and a dynasty for a 20-year period. Now, some of that did come along when Kawhi came along. They, they were able to, to extend that last run. But to talk about be, having a shot at the finals the second you step into the league and having a shot at the finals as you're leaving the league in 2014 tw- or 2015, whatever it was, I mean, that's incredible. It, it's legitimately incredible. It is. I mean, I mean I'm not taking it anyway. I think Tim
1: Duncan's dope, but you also have to account for that consistency of having that system and that uh, putting players around him. Now some of it was that he was able to buy into the system and help develop players around him. So personality helped with that. Some of Kobe losing players and not getting people to buy into his system was Kobe's personality. I mean, he brought a lot of that upon himself. I mean, a lot of people argue about Kobe. They do the argument that he wasn't the best player on the team, and Shaq was this and that. But I actually think Shaq also held Kobe back some. I mean, after that first championship, Kobe was ready to go. I mean, some of those some of those games that he had during the season, when he was leading the first half of the season, Shaq came in and kind of disrupted his rhythm. Because if Shaq would have... Wouldn't have been there in those seasons after they won that first title. Like Kobe was incredible during the season, and what with oh one they ran they won in oh one oh two thousand oh one, so it'd have been oh one oh two. That was kind of his coming out party. He was just killing people. And then Shaq kind of come in there. Now he has to defer to Shaq and kind of take off his game a little bit. As soon as Shaq left, you had four of the most incredible seasons from Kobe Bryant. And he was probably one of the most unstoppable players in the NBA for those that four-year stretch before he learned that, okay, I probably can't win a title with this style. But it was amazing which to is, watch.
0: <laughs> which is exactly why. If we're talking about basketball, there's no way I take Kobe Bryant over Tim Duncan. There is no four-year lull. There is no selfishness of I gotta have the team built around me because I gotta be Michael. It's yo. If if I have Tim Duncan, I have 20 years of 50 to 60 wins, and I got a shot at 15 titles. You know what I mean? I like don't know, I'm in, I'm a contender for to, that. We're talking years.
1: about building a. We're talking about building a franchise and everything we account for with Kobe. Although it was probably one of the most dominant duos that we've ever seen but what happens if Kobe doesn't have Shaq like he comes into his own earlier he figures that out earlier that he has more years of knowing that just like Jordan I believe he does I mean because it's only so long you can dominate I, put in that work Kobe scored
0: 81 yeah. bro that which is fine that's great that's great
1: Kobe scored 63 and three quarters in the 62 and, didn't and make three the playoffs. quarters he outscored and make the, the Dallas Mavericks himself How many players have outscored a whole team by himself? And didn't make the playoffs. He didn't. But he's Tim Duncan's been out of the first round. Tim Duncan's been put out in the first round more than Kobe
0: Four times as opposed to two. Cool. I mean, I don't think that that's like a great argument. Like Michael Jordan (laughs) got swept in the first round. LeBron's never lost in the first round. Who cares?
1: (laughs) I'm just saying. I'm taking Kobe, bro. I'm taking Kobe. And I gave him some consistency and some coaches and not if, giving him Rudy, Rudy T for a couple of years or Brian Hill. And I think Kobe, coaches. Yeah, he had Phil. But come in between on,
0: Phil, he had the, come on. He had, on, Rudy he T had, T, T, had bro. Phil Jackson. To...
1: Yes. And so if he had Phil Jackson, okay. Tim Duncan had Greg Popovich his whole career.
0: <laughs> Greg, Popovich, I'm not saying that not coach... the
1: best coaching ever. He's up there. Top three.
0: I'm not saying that that Tim Duncan didn't have good coaching, but let's not act like Kobe was destitute. Rudy Tomjanovich won two fucking titles, okay? Yeah, but let's not act like the, like that was that was with the dream. Different okay, styles. so you can win. So so you go from one top ten player to another top ten player. Hello, congratulations, you won the lottery, <laughs> Phil Jackson. Rudy Tomjanovich, everybody ain't so lucky.
1: Rudy, Tom, I don't think Rudy T was a good coach though. I truly he won two think. titles.
0: Who cares? Like, yeah, he did. He I did. I agree with you. I, I don't think you, he was a great but he got coach. got two titles.
1: <laughs> I mean, so, I'm sure I'm sure we could go through and like look for coaches that won titles and they weren't
0: great. What do you think? What do you think Gregg Popovich would have done if he got to coach Kobe and Shaq and MJ and Pippen? I
1: mean, it depends on how they bought in. Because I think a lot of what happens with Greg Popovich is if you're she- willing to buy into his system. I don't know that I don't anyway. know if Shaq and Kobe buys into Greg Popovich. 1000% I don't think they do.
0: And I mean and that's has- why and I I think that's why Tim Duncan is higher on the list than Shaq. That's why Tim Duncan is probably higher on the list than Kobe Bryant. Like I mean the, those Tim Duncan was the epitome of selfless. Like the system, you could build any system to fit him. You any era fit him. If you want to go, he could come and play with the Spurs or, excuse me, with the Warriors right now and still be just as good as he was. You don't have to. Kobe Bryant can't come and play with the Warriors right now. No, nah, I mean,
1: no way. I, I I definitely agree that um, Tim Duncan is up there with the all-time greatest like team players. You know what I mean? And to be the best player on the team, and that's that's why I respect Dwyane Wade tim duncan that's why i have like uh i probably have more respect for curry than most people i I have him higher rated on my list just because i feel like he's that same type of player like a tim duncan where he can take a back seat and still be great and then when he needs to step up i think that's an underrated talent so i do agree because there's a lot of players that their ego will not allow them to take a back seat like one of my favorite players is iverson he could have, if he could have just stepped back and became a six man, then he could have extended his play for a lot longer than he did. Carmelo Anthony the same way. I think Carmelo was humbled enough, and he saw what happened to Iverson to finally say, "You know what? I can take a step back." But a lot of players can't step aside from their ego and really take a step back because a player like Melo, Melo can play for the next. Five, six, seven years. He probably, just because he has a nice mid-range jumper, he can get his shot off. He just has to be able to take a step back and come off the bench. And that's something that a lot of players weren't willing to do. So, I agree when you talk about team players with Tim Duncan. Still taking COVID. Now,
0: I will say this. I will say this. So, doing the research for this pod, and my notes are all over the place, so I kind of lost track of all the numbers and shit. But... um. As I'm doing research for the pod, I got to research Tim Duncan as well as Kobe Bryant. And I can unequivocally say, man, losing Kobe hurts, bro. Like, like just, just like watching his highlights. I mean, when it comes to watching, and here's why Kobe defined the generation to me. You know, I know I'm supposed to be arguing for Tim, but Kobe <laughs> defined that generation. And like, when Kobe highlights are on, I can't take my eyes off the screen. And Tim again, and I think that's why I think Tim is so underrated. We can always say, "Oh, of course, Tim Duncan is one of the ten best players of all time." Uh, we all know that, but when, but like people don't, didn't actually watch the Spurs play because of they were boring, they were fundamental. So that's why I wanted to have the case of like Tim Duncan is really fucking disrespected. Um, his numbers. Um, I-
1: Jordan said it one time. Jordan said that Tim Duncan, like Jordan showed an appreciation for Tim Duncan, like long ago. Like when Tim Duncan was still playing, when they were talking about who the best players in the league was, and he was just like, hey, don't forget about Tim Duncan. That's a bad dude. Like his fundamentals are incredible where he's almost unstoppable. But because he was unselfish, he didn't have the gaudy stats all the
0: time because he didn't he wasn't a stats guy. But can I just say listen, so I do I know that i have the argument that the 2000s late 90s early 2000s watered down and i still i, I mean that and i still mean it but i will say like the playoff teams the teams the 16 teams that were in the playoffs or at least the top 10 those were great teams dude to, for tim duncan to be going up against chris weber dirk Nowitzki, kevin garnett I mean night after night after Shaq every night it was something different in the playoffs um especially in the west was absolutely incredible. I think the bottom half of the league was terrible. It was absolute horrendous trash, but the the two, the early 2000s playoffs were always incredible. Always.
1: Yeah, my argument with you isn't that it when the it wasn't that the league wasn't watered down at some point. It's just not early 2000. I think it was more of like 04 to like 08 or something like that. That's when I think the league was really watered down. I think it was pretty good up to about 02. Maybe it started in 03, but I don't think it started in 99, 2000, 2001. I think about 03 to about 08 the league was really watered down. Um, that's why you get an Orlando Magic and a Detroit Pistons, Pistons, even a Miami Heat versus Dallas. I think that's why those things happened because the league was pretty watered down at that point. Because I don't think any of those teams. – I'm a Heat fan, and I don't even think that Heat team was great. I think that Heat team was super flawed.
0: <laughs> I, d- I, I agree with the teams you named with the exception of the Detroit Pistons. I mean, that – that is a great, great team. That's pro. I think that that team, the one that even today, the team that beat the, the, the team that team. beat the
1: Lakers, the team, the Detroit team that beat the Lakers. Yeah. But then after that, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, so Right no, after that, the Lakers, right after the Lakers run. But even in the Lakers run, I think that the rest that time when Detroit played the Lakers, I think the league was watered down. But that Detroit team was really good. But then after that, I think the league was kind of soft and watered down. I didn't didn't like that. But the one thing I do want to say is, we talked about that 05-06 season with Kobe. That's when he averaged 35.4 points, 5.3 rebounds, 4.5 assists. That's when he had the 81 points. That's when he had the 62 against Dallas when he went crazy. But in 07, where he said he shouldn't have won, he had a four-game streak where he hit over 50 points. He had 65 points against Portland. 50 points against Minnesota, 60 points against Memphis, 50 points against the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, well, I don't know what they were called at that point in time. And then somebody finally stopped him and held him to 43 points. <laughs> I mean, he averaged like 55 points in like five games. It's the most ridiculous thing. Kobe was a machine, and you don't even think he should have won MVP that year. Dude was incredible, man.
0: I, th- I think Chris, I, and I don't have Chris Paul's numbers in front of me, but I think Chris Paul had a better year that year. Uh, Kobe Bryant, I mean, I'm not going to take that MVP away from him by any means, but I think, I think that's that the year
1: that, that uh, Chris Paul took New Orleans to the playoffs with David West, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, and it was just an incredible year. Um, but I will say the title year for Tim Duncan averaging 23, uh, 23, 13, 4, assists and three blocks a game i mean that I, I, again i do i tend to disagree that that um it's the water down that started later on because those nets teams i don't think those nets teams were any fucking good and i don't think they make the playoffs at any other point in nba history than the era that then the years that they did you know
1: i go back and look at that nets team and i'm not as hard as a that team because i think they were actually talented they you know were know good for when that
0: you, period. I don't think that they were good for any kid, other period of time, though. Kid, Richard Jefferson, Kenyon Martin, Kerry Kittles. I mean, that's
1: a good team. Even the, um, the, the
0: only even go ahead. The only finals team that I can say that that's a better team than in the at, at probably in my lifetime is the 07 Cavs. I think that that Nets team is the second worst team in the finals of at least the last twenty years
1: i don't know man i think that team i think that team might be better than the heat team that i talked about
0: <laughs>
1: with I mean, shaq talk about- and dwayne wade
0: absolutely shaq,
1: shaq was on his last leg bro like last he damn near last
0: won the mvp leg. the year before but i i mean i know 06 was was tough but shaq got him there dwayne wade took him home
1: i don't know man shaq's strong <laughs> Shaq, Shaq, well, you know how Shaq was because Shaq was, you know, Kobe's going to carry me. That year he did the same thing, came in out of shape because um, the year before, so what you're thinking about is the year before where he got traded. So the year before when he got traded, Shaq was Shaq because he was motivated to prove the prove the Lakers wrong. What happened is he did carry him to the playoffs, but then Dwayne got way got hurt in that game six against the Pistons, with Richard Jeffersons um, right. kind of slid under him like Kawhi, it messed him up. That next year, Shaq came back out of shape as fuck. <laughs> I mean, Shaq was not the same Shaq. So it was the year before where Shaq was dominant, and they didn't win. The year after that, I think when that they
0: Heat won, team, that 05 uh, Heat team could have could have won a title that year.
1: I thought that was the best Heat team. That team should have won. If it wasn't for Richard, um, Richard Hamilton stepping on his foot, I think that team wins. That team is better than the team that actually won. That team that actually won surprised me.
0: I just don't think that Nets team. And like, for for the time period, they were good. But again, I think it was a wired down league where everybody pretty much, if you had one superstar, you were lucky. If you had two, you were you were contending for a title. Um, which, to me, speaks to the greatness of Jason Kidd. But if we go back and remember, I know the East has been dog shit for a long time. But it was dog, dog shit
1: back then. Oh Yeah, I definitely like, the, man, that's so. I'm saying, man. I, I don't know, man. I just think that, I think that period lasted a little longer than you give it credit for, man. I just think that it extended at least to 2002. <laughs> like, 2002 may have been a start, but 01, 99, 2000. That Those were still good years for the NBA the, the league was still pretty deep I'm confident about 99, 2000 And probably 01 Because I still say that run that Irison had, you can shit it all you want But I don't care what the rest of these was To the win, you had to go through Fucking uh, Ray Allen um, The Toronto And you're talking about the big three Of Sam Cassell, Ray Allen, and Big Dog You had Toronto with Tracy McGrady And um Uh, Vince Carter, and you had the Indiana Pacers team that was just on the cusp coming off. That had been a team that had dominated the Sixers in years past, so they were right on the edge, but they were still a really good team. The Pacers, that that was a a really
0: good run for the East, and one of the better playoffs. I can't say it was weak. Again, the playoff teams and the playoff series were always great. It was everything, but I mean, you were getting ten to fifteen wins a season off of the. Again, well, in the I mean, early two thousands, you had teams that were barely winning twenty five games. That's how bad. So it I was. guess
1: I guess that's where we disagree because I don't really give a shit about. I only care about the eight that make it. How good were the eight that made the playoffs? So right, if you're talking but about I just mean the, the overall, ninth and ten I,
0: seeds. When I say watered down, I mean the overall health of the league, and it inflates a lot of those records because I don't think that that Nets team is a fifty win team. But when you get to play. These bottom bullshit teams that were the Atlantas, those teams were so bad in the in the East. I mean, you're you're given you know, ten to fifteen wins for each team right there. So again, I agree with you. The playoffs were the shit, but the the actual the way that these teams inflated their records, mm-mm. even the even those '90s bull, them late '90s Bulls teams.
1: Mm-mm. Well, I Well, one thing I want to say is I when I was looking up Kobe stuff. I found a YouTube clip of Kobe against Spain. Do you remember that Kobe hit the last thirteen or twenty
0: points in the fourth quarter? I do, yes, not, I remember do. <laughs> I not remember that. I did not remember
1: that. I actually that until was going to bring.
0: I I wrote so I, this is what I wrote down about Kobe in the 08 Olympics, and here again is the case. I again, I was going to argue Tim Duncan, but here is what speaks to Kobe's greatness. So, 2008 Olympics, the U.S. damn near lost to Spain. And when when when, the, when when it came down to nut-crunching time, you had a young LeBron, a young Melo, and a young D. Wade, and a young uh, Dwight Howard who all had deer-in-the-headlights look. Like, they were all passive. They didn't really know what to do with the ball. And Kobe said, get me the motherfucking ball. And he closed that shit out. And he hit the game-winner, silenced the crowd. But you know what, what also came out of that? And here's the difference between here's the greatness of Kobe Bryant to me that separates him from anybody because Jordan wouldn't have done this like that furthered the game because it taught Dwayne Wade it taught LeBron James it taught Carmelo Anthony and Dwight Howard all how to win and they all came out that 08 season they all were MVB candidates in 09 um the the Magic made the finals the uh, uh, Denver Nuggets made it to the Western Conference Finals. I think Dwyane Wade ended up getting hurt in 9 You'll have to correct me on that, but all of these dudes yeah, were next level, and basically, and Chris now, Paul was on that hurt. team as
1: well. He was coasting for LeBron. He knew it was coming. They already
0: talked about it in 08. <laughs> and and but even Chris Paul was on that team, and that basically we got the generation of superstars that we did because Kobe Kobe kind of set the set the the tempo.
1: Well, don't shit on Michael, cause Kobe said that Michael did that for him. He might not have outwardly did it, but he's willing to do that because a star like Michael Jordan did that same thing for him. So he was more willing to do that for other superstars because when he played Jordan, Jordan, he said that Jordan told him to call him if he have any questions about any moves, and he would talk to him. So he took that and he Yeah, but Jordan it wasn't gonna
0: do that in his prime, which Kobe did in his it in prime.
1: prime. I mean, he wasn't. I mean, he won three championships during the time where he told him.
0: In you a watered-down league. Jordan wasn't in his prom. In a oh, watered-down league. Fuck out of here, man. Jordan was 34, <laughs> 35 years old. He wasn't going to be playing another he seven, eight years.
1: Him. And he still told him. Like Jordan yeah, but, that,
0: but, but, to, but Jordan in 92, 93 wasn't going to do that shit. I don't That know dream that. team, he wasn't doing that shit.
1: Well, I want to also throw out there that, yeah, Tim Duncan is great, and it's great to be a team player, but sometimes you need a dog. Because like you said, Kobe was willing to take over against Spain, and – Tim Duncan didn't do that shit. Tim Duncan didn't do that shit with Iverson on that old four team. <laughs> Don't forget, Tim Duncan was on that whole four Olympics team that got their ass kicked. Yeah, well,
0: yeah. Who cares? <laughs> but but <laughs> he didn't
1: did say that greatness didn't save them from getting their ass kicked.
0: Yeah, you know. Hey, who cares? You know. But when it came down to if they the, the crazy the, the crazy thing about Tim Duncan and Kobe Bryant is just the parallels, right? They both went to seven finals. Um, oh, sorry, uh, Kobe went to seven, um, and uh, Tim Duncan went to six. Both won five titles um, and really defined the 2000s. I mean, those. No matter who you choose, whether it's Kobe, whether it's Duncan, you're really not wrong at either case. I mean, those. those you know, you can throw Shaq in there, but I think both of those players had better careers than Shaq. I just do.
1: I mean, you know, when you look at the two thousand, I mean, it's defined. The Lakers and the um, the Lakers and the Spurs were like the Celtics and the Lakers of that era. You know, they had yeah. that rivalry. You knew what you were to get. Basically, whoever won was probably gonna win the championship. You know, the yep. Spurs. Unfortunately, they have no three peats. I don't even think they have back to back titles. No, you know? no back to back titles. The, the the every other year, you know, they were able to sneak the Lakers. Um, the Lakers, I mean, Kobe has the three-peat. He has a back-to-back. You know what I mean? So, you you can lean either way. It's kind of about what you like. I mean, it's more consistency on the Spurs. Like you said, they were always – well, I think it's always. They were more consistently winning 50 wins. They were dependable. I don't think they were fun to watch when you have other exciting players and other teams. So, that's kind of a knock on Tim Duncan because he wasn't flashy. You know what I'm saying? He didn't dunk like KG. He didn't shoot the shots that Dirk shot. So, my question would be to you: Would be, did you feel like Tim Duncan was the best player in the league during two thousand? With KG,
0: with yeah. Dirk, yeah. with those players, did yeah. you did you feel like he was the best player? the The only the only debate was ever Kobe and Tim Duncan until LeBron came along, of course. But um, I'm yes, talking about I, the best I, big man. You yes, thought he was I, the best best man yes. over Shaq? Yes. Uh, over shack, I, I don't think I don't think in 2000s, over Shaq, no, not in the early 2000s. After 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 2002, yes, um, not not in that during that first repeat though,
1: no, okay, because I don't I didn't really start respecting Tim Duncan to light. I knew he was good, I knew he probably was going to be top three, power four, but I didn't really respect how good he was until you know he was still putting buckets on Miami in
0: 2013. One. I'm glad you said that. Let me close it out with this. I'm going to ask you this. So you mentioned that he was still getting buckets in 2013. So in game six, he put up 25 points in the first half of game 13. Let's say that that Ray Allen jump shot misses. Tim Duncan has six rings. Now, how does that change the conversation? And, and what is Tim Duncan's legacy if that Ray Allen shot does not go in?
1: Yeah, I think you don't have you don't, you don't have a choice but to respect then. Because like you said, he put up 25 shot twenty five points in the first half. I can't remember what he finished with. But actually, just like a couple of weeks ago, I was watching that game. And I didn't know he was that dominant in that game. Killing it. I like, remember. He had a throwback game. And I'm not even – like I need to look up the stats. But I think he had like 15 rebounds or something crazy like that shit too. I think he hit it with like 35 and 15 rebounds or something crazy. So if they win with him closing out at his age – yeah, there, there's no question. I still think they go back to back on that. So you get back to back titles at his end of his career.
0: So, so it's literally that jump shot that changes his legacy for you.
1: Yeah, because I mean, I mean, if he gets that, that's five. I don't know if he gets that six one still. I'm saying I think it's back to back, but it's not given he gets it next year because they're not motivated. LeBron Um, might go somewhere else, build another super team. LeBron might have opted out from Miami then and went to who knows where. You know what I mean? So I'm saying that I think they go back to back, but he still could just be stuck at five.
0: So I just want to say, we're talking about two of the all-time greats. And in each of their last games, you want to know the stats? (laughs) Yeah. Kobe Bryant put up 60 60 points. What, 61?
1: I can't remember. I just knew it was 60
0: he put up 60 points in his last game retired i coming mean off I'll, eight,
1: I'll, coming off two achilles injuries.
0: yeah I, I'll, I'll never forget it i'll never forget where i was i'll never forget what i was i mean i'll just never forget it. i will i the difference between tim duncan and kobe bryant is like i won't say i'll never forget tim duncan but i'll never forget kobe bryant um, but Tim Duncan in his last game was, a, a, again, this was a year that they probably could have won the title uh, and beat that Golden State team in 15. and uh, was a Chris Paul shot away from uh, from advancing to the next round. But in Tim Duncan's last game at age 38, put up 27-11, Game 7 of the playoffs, versus the Clippers. I mean, incredible. Yeah,
1: he always, he always showed, up in the, showed up in the clutch, but man... Kobe Bryant shot a free throw with a torn Achilles.
0: Oh, that, I mean, and walk, listen. And walked off the court. I don't want anybody to ever accuse me of being a Kobe <laughs> hater or nothing. I love Kobe Bryant. I love Kobe Bryant. I I just wanted to have a, a, the sake of the argument because I didn't feel like Tim Duncan got his respect. But I'm never going to hate somebody for choosing Kobe. So I think <laughs> Tim Duncan is better and should be ranked higher than he is all time. But Kobe Bryant is, I mean, again, how we do bird and magic wherever bird is magic is there wherever tim duncan is kobe's there and vice versa
1: well i'll just close out by saying this is an argument that me and you had a, a couple of times and the one thing that i say about kobe Bryant, kobe Bryant's said one player when you argue about jordan and lebron you always talk about errors this era that era where there was hand checking there wasn't hand checking the game was this the game was that well remember kobe Bryant came in in 96 Kobe Bryant was the bridge between eras. Kobe played against Jordan. Kobe played against LeBron. Kobe played against some of the top Hall of Famers. If you go through the list of Hall of Fame players that Kobe Bryant competed against, and Tim Duncan competed against, because he came in in what?
0: 1997
1: 97. So it's the same thing for Tim Duncan. But when you look at the level of talent that a Tim Duncan and a Kobe Bryant competed against, the Hall of Fame talent, just the elite players— That's why we say you're in the golden age of basketball Because I don't know if there's going to be another time When you have these type of top level players Playing against anyone But Kobe was different for me Because like, like I said Kobe was the bridge He played against Jordan He competed against Jordan Hell, he dropped 50 on Jordan In Jordan's last game It was against the Wizards But he still dropped 50 of them. They had one of the most iconic matchups going head-to-head in an All-Star game ever. And then you turn around and then he compete with LeBron, with LeBron entering in his prime also. He went against the Golden State Warriors dynasty. The level of competition that Kobe played against in his career is uncanny. I don't know if there's any player that can talk about the level of competition that they played through the 18, 19 years that they were playing in the NBA. Not even Jordan played against the level of competition that Kobe Bryant played against.
0: I mean, Tim Duncan, too. And that and and, and to me, again, if if I had to have a separator, it's the difference that Tim Duncan won titles in each one of those eras. In that 99 with Michael Jordan, had just retires the same league, basically in the 2000s with a dominant Kobe and Shaq, and then in the in the our, the early teens, going against a dominant Heat team, I mean, yeah, they were on their last leg, but, you know, a, still a prime Heat team, and they competed very well against these Golden State Warriors teams. I mean, these dudes both transcended eras. For me, for Tim Duncan to win titles in all three eras, again, puts him that one notch there, but... In my opinion, from a basketball perspective, but again, we are talking about two two all-time greats. Who, you know, again, the level of competition from a from a playoff perspective, year in and out, was, I mean, you're right. Jordan didn't go through that. It, it just wasn't the same.
1: Yeah, it, it was it was different. But man, I mean, they're both great, like you said. I mean, no knock on either one. Just who do you prefer? I prefer Kobe. You prefer Duncan. But you can't go wrong. You can't yeah. miss
0: so hopefully uh, we'll get back to you guys next week with some some fresh basketball news um but while you're here please feel free to check out other shows that we have on the network uh big facts you are all over the place with the fumble <laughs> football podcast uh we do round tables if you guys haven't heard the latest on when the smoke clears about the top 10 r&b albums it is a fantastic pod don't forget about your boy kp on the sexy suburban dad uh Newcomer to the game, Kenny B, um, is pumping out a great podcast for you ladies out there and fellas, so y'all can learn something. Uh, the Black Content Corner, and of course, you've always got random nostalgia with Rolo and myself, Q. Um, and we got a couple other pods coming to the network real soon. Uh, Big facts, you want to tell them about that?
1: Yeah, man, um, we got a show called Tillman's Temper, Temper, um, homeboy from college, uh, native. Up in Syracuse area. Um, He has some things he wants to get off his chest. Pretty intense type of guy. But I think that'll be interesting. Uh, More of the social aspect of life. We got a lot of that going on. So we're going to get a pod out. Talking touching on some of those issues. And then just more... You know, we don't want to get stuck in just talking sports. So we just got some more content that just talks about life and cultural things where, you know, if you're not into sports and you don't want to hear us talk about sports all the time or maybe don't want to hear about music, then we're going to get some more diverse content. Just trying to have a little bit for everyone to listen to so you can come to the network and find something that you're interested in listening to, man.
0: Yeah. So that's today's episode. That's it. That's all. Peace.
1: Peace.